In episode 22, we'll be exploring what a school scan of wellbeing is, the benefits of conducting one, and tips for getting started and conducting your very own scan at your school. Stay tuned. Welcome to Well-Led Schools with Adrienne Hornby. On this podcast, we talk about all things staff wellbeing, school culture, and leadership. Join me for incredible and rich conversations with a range of experts who will give you tips, tricks, and inspiration to best support the well-being of the staff in your school and yourself. I'm your host, Adrienne Hornby, a health and well-being consultant and former school leader. I partner with schools across Australia to tailor and embed staff well-being action plans aimed at addressing staff burnout and building positive working environments. This episode is brought to you by our signature Well-Led Schools Partnerships, a 12-month program that brings leaders and staff together to create a shared vision for their school and empowers them to create an action plan that leads to needle-moving changes in school culture and morale. Doors to our partnerships open only once per term. Stay updated on program openings and sign up for the wait list at adriannehornby.com.au forward slash school hyphen partnerships. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Well-Led Schools podcast. In today's solo episode, it's just me, I'll be chatting with you about what a school scan of wellbeing is and why your school may benefit from conducting one. Scanning your school is simply a process used to scan or review multiple sources of evidence to determine the overall state of staff wellbeing and school culture in a school. Evidence might include observations, data, feedback, and of course, and most importantly, staff voice. An anonymous staff wellbeing survey, for example, is one of the best tools, in my opinion, I think that you can use to gather really valuable data while also giving your staff the opportunity to express themselves, their views, their opinions, and provide suggestions and, of course, feedback. I recommend a scan to any school thinking about introducing any new strategies or initiatives aimed at improving staff well-being, but also focusing on the improvement of school culture. I believe that it's really essential to consider the needs and interests of your school and staff and look at what it is that is already working and what's not working before you think about putting in place new actions, alterations, and even well-being activities in place that, of course, are very well-intentioned and aimed at supporting staff and their health and well-being. I really think that without a proper scanning process, school leaders and even assembled well-being teams could end up putting their energies and resources into practices that might make little or no difference to staff morale well-being, school endorsements, staff satisfaction, all of the things. And without a scan, we can be left open to making assumptions about what we think our staff really need without considering 
what they want as well as the those overarching themes that come through in the data. And this might only cause more frustration for our staff and it's where we can end up scratching our heads a little bit and getting really confused as to, you know, we feel like we're doing all of the things, we're putting out the food, we're getting our staff to come to staff events but they're not showing up uh, when we might actually be overlooking some of those core underlying challenges that our staff are experiencing daily uh, or as part of the school culture. As we move through 2023, the focus in schools will really continue to be on the well-being of our teachers and our staff as they navigate through staff shortages and increasing demands and expectations alongside workload and then the added complexities that we're still experiencing post-pandemic, whether it's the socialisation of our children, the very current uh, and ever-growing pressures of financial concerns in the home and, and how that carries through into how our students are thinking and feeling when they're in our space in, in the classroom. Now, in order to work out where your staff need the most support to improve their well-being and school culture, it's really important, as I alluded to earlier, that we gather review and, of course, scan, that whole idea of scanning multiple sources of staff well-being data. Now, this step is absolutely vital because without a clear and objective understanding of the current work environment and your school's overall approach to improving well-being, health and mental health, your staff might consider your attempts to patch up their well-being as futile. All right, so on to the nitty-gritty of actually conducting your school scan. So let's start off with <laughs> answering that question, what is a school scan? And as I was uh, touching on before, it's a process whereby a whole school staff, and I mean whole school staff, not just our senior leaders, not just our leadership team, and even not just the staff, um, everybody, takes part in collecting, reviewing and discussing multiple sources of wellbeing data. So this process really helps us to ascertain and pulse check the overall state of staff in the school where we're at so that we can make an informed direction or form an, in, uh, <laughs> form an informed direction moving forward. So the idea of a school scan really comes from Helen Timpley's Spiral of Inquiry. So I acknowledge that I stole that idea. <laughs> and the Timpley Spiral of Inquiry is actually an inquiry model used to dive into the learning needs of our students. This was something that was rolled out in the ACT when I was a leader. And I thought, what a careful and considered process to really review how our students are learning, where they're at, what's going on in a school before we actually take any action and engage in new learning and create a direction moving forward for the school. And I thought, why can we not apply that same really careful and considered approach to what we do with our staff? So it's why I embedded in a spiral of inquiry approach to my 12-month 
Well-Led Schools Partnership Program. And the first very important step is to conduct that scan. So to ascertain exactly what's going on. And you can do this whether you work with me or not. (laughs) And uh, you can do it at any time because we have so much data available in schools and half the time we only look over it momentarily uh, and we never come back to it again or we're waiting seven or eight months for it actually to land in our inbox after (laughs) we have conducted the survey. Um, it's a, another little side note, whenever I'm running a survey, I try and get the results and the data analysis back to the school within a couple of weeks of closing that, depending on um, how many reports I've got to write, so that it's current and, and up to date. But I digress. Uh, so when, so back to the whole process of a school scan according to Timperley in the Spiral of Inquiry. So the scanning phase really gets us to explore how effective our approach is and that means asking a few big questions. What is going on for our staff? How do we know? And what can we do about it? So a scan of staff or being enables us to be curious about our people and also to stay open to new kinds of information and insights about our leadership, team formation, relationships and collaboration, school culture, our strengths and our areas for development. It also ensures a much richer understanding of our staff's experiences and helps us to avoid the traps of our assumptions, biases, judgment and our own perceptions. This is especially important for a school's leadership team as they do often make a lot of the big decisions, but also for our teaching staff and non-teaching staff as they too can consider the perspectives and actions of their leaders as well. Remember that school scans provide the overview. They're not the main event. And once you gather information about your staff, you must use it to identify your priorities moving forward and then plan your next steps. The worst thing I think you could do for morale and for the hope and optimism of your staff is to run a survey or to talk about staff well-being data or school culture data and then never touch on it again. That would just be so in many ways demotivating for our people for that process to happen, particularly in a really important area like staff mental health, health and well-being and school culture. So remember that the school scan kicks off the process. Uh, it's not it's not where it, things end. We must then work out from there what it is that we're going to focus on and strategically focus on those areas. Uh, So what data should your school scan consider? Uh, You can collect a number of different data sources and we have plenty available in schools, but they're including but not limited to and each individual school will have different lots of data that will make more sense to them. So I'll talk about that in a minute. So first, of course, the observations of your leadership team are imperative. Remember, We are the ones on the ground a lot of the time talking to our staff across the school, so we're able to get a good gauge and sense, hopefully, of how our staff are faring. I find that schools often begin and end with leaders only. Um, I do not 
suggest that that's where you begin and end. I <laughs> begin there um, or end there, but make sure that you've got some other data uh, in your pocket as well to review. So staff satisfaction or climate data is is a great one to go with alongside some kind of staff well-being survey. You really need to quantify how your staff are faring mentally and emotionally, uh, what their burnout risk is looking like alongside some of their views of the school's culture, what their top stresses and key suggested initiatives are for supporting their well-being, and then a review of the school's leadership. And that's really hard, I know, but it's essential because we as leaders are leading this project and if we aren't engaging our staff, supporting them the best that we can, um, putting in place those processes and initiatives at the school that are going to be mean that we're more capable of change and innovation, then we really do need to know about it because those things also influence well-being, not just the morning teas and the after-work drinks. Uh, some other data that we can look at might be staff injury, absence or compensation data, particularly if we do have a high number of our staff who are taking time off due to work-related stress. Uh, the observations and feedback of our staff. So that might be teaching teams, individual staff, our staff at a whole uh, at a whole staff meeting, you're going to actually yield very different feedback in each of those different areas because what our staff might say in a group is very different to what they would say to just their leader uh, and what staff will reflect on and develop perceptions in when they're speaking with all staff in, say, a staff meeting will also uh, be totally different. So it's important for us, I think, to ignite and provide opportunity for all of those kinds of conversations, uh, not only to get the feedback that we need, but also for staff to build a bit of perspective about what's happening. Um, some of our staff might think, think things are far worse off than they are, and then they hear the perspectives of others. Um, others might not be quite so privy to how some of our staff might be feeling and what they're struggling with. So building an awareness is, is really important here. Uh, any school validation registration feedback data is great as well. Um, that, of course, provides very guided and structured feedback from a team or a panel, um, which can support us in ways that we can adapt what we do in our school that would likely be supportive of staff wellbeing. Because remember, it's not just mental health and health and socialising. So much more is uh, it leads into our staff's sense of well-being and satisfaction with work. So a school scan is not something that is completed overnight or in a week, and it takes more than a quick discussion in a leadership or a staff meeting. It is an important process that really must not be rushed. So I would suggest that a true school scan might take your school a whole term at least, at least to complete um, that's if you were focusing your attention only on that. We have a gazillion and one other things we're doing, so it might take you two terms and that's totally fine. Uh, just pre-warn your staff. <laughs> this is a process. It will take time. The one discussion they have in the staff meeting does not mean that tomorrow solutions will be found and we'll be actioning all of those suggestions. This, this is a process. We're cracking things open. We're looking at the data. We're finding the key themes. 
Um, and then from here, we'll know where to focus our energy. So be really clear with that uh, from the beginning. So why do I love on a school scan so much? Well, it's because the benefits are plentiful. Scanning your school and reviewing the current state of well-being is a very valuable step to begin collecting data in order to establish a foundation for future development and informed action. So aside from just giving us baseline information, a school scan is also really beneficial because it provides that valuable source of information about what's happening in our school that we might as leaders often overlook or not want to see. Uh, It involves all staff and it gives them an opportunity to contribute, to provide consultation and feedback. This is so essential for building trust And a lot of schools that I work with, um, you know, that that trust isn't there, not because it's been broken, but perhaps we haven't been able to establish and maintain it at at a level because perhaps we've been in the operational for too long, things have been really wild over the last couple of years, uh, and very well-intentioned and wonderful leaders just haven't had enough opportunities for consultation Um, and that joint decision-making with their staff. So this is a great way to do that. Uh, It also uh, feels less top-down for our staff, and we've really moved away from that top-down, more instructional, autocratic style of leadership in education. Well, I hope hope that we have, but, I mean, it's still alive uh, in a lot of settings. But the research is really advocating for how that's not an approach that is so supportive anymore and our staff do want more involvement and buy-in. So this is a really good way to ignite that, start that process or facilitate it if it's already been happening in a school. Uh, It's also great because it helps our staff to be able to communicate their feelings, thoughts and emotions. Sometimes we don't really get time to do that uh, and that's really essential for our well-being. So feeling heard and valued and like our contributions matter is is really important for our well-being. Collectively as well, it helps us to problem solve. Um, I don't have all of the answers <laughs> and um, every school that I go into, I hear the most wonderful and amazing ideas from staff and leaders about how they can tackle some of the challenges and stresses that they're experiencing. And as a consultant, you'd think, I'd have every strategy under my tool belt and I've got a lot, but I am so surprised by what I hear in some of the feedback sessions from other staff. And you think, how amazing, because many of our staff have worked in other schools or they've done their own learning and reading or they're just super innovative and and visionary in their thought patterns. So a scanning process can also really open up the floor to hear some of those ideas and consider them. Uh, and it's really validating for our staff to be part of that process. Uh, This process also builds hope and optimism because it shows our staff that we're considering their health, well-being and mental health at a much deeper level than just throwing out the biscuits on the morning tea table, Uh, that we're really looking into the data, we're being diagnostic, we're considering their approaches, uh, sorry, their suggestions for approaches that we could apply. And this, all of this, as I said before, builds trust, loyalty and satisfaction in the workplace if done well. And this beginning foundational process is 
doing it well. Now, first-time scans are probably going to be likely to turn up some surprises, but they can also be genuinely positive experience, regardless of what we learn about our school, our leadership approaches, and our processes, if we let it, if we be open-minded, curious, and, and recognize that having an awareness is the first key to any real change. And the reason for this is that as soon, in my experience, as staff catch wind of your approach to improving staff well-being and they see you taking steps to seek their opinions and feedback, morale is likely to improve. The only time this might not be the case is if we've got staff in a state of despair. Uh, They might need a little bit more convincing, but this process still can't be skipped. Teachers and staff and leaders will gladly talk about what works for them and what doesn't if they believe that they'll be listened to with respect and that action will come as a result. Um, It's really important for authentic leadership that this be part of any process of change. So you can apply a scan to absolutely anything that you're doing, any approach, change, initiative or strategy that you have in place. Go look up the Helen Timperley Spiral of Inquiry. Um, I'll even pop it in the show notes. It's a really great model for diving into just about anything. Okay, so how do you actually scan your school? So in order to assist you in the process of gathering and reviewing information, I've created a school scanning tool for you to use that I'll link in the show notes, free of cost, all yours. Um, So step one, of course, is First, to discuss discuss overall staff well-being with the leadership team or assemble a staff well-being strategic team and talk about it in that forum. Um, so what you might do in this process is first discuss any anecdotal observations of staff well-being and school culture from a leadership perspective. Um, then I would encourage highly that you survey staff about their well-being and you can access and utilize my anonymous staff well-being survey do-it-yourself template or you can run the staff survey and we will review it and write a full comprehensive data analysis on that. Uh, As part of this process, you would also review school or department staff satisfaction or climate data uh, and cross-check or even add on information to what's come out of the survey. So what I mean by that is if in your survey school leadership or communication gets flagged or collaboration, your staff satisfaction and climate data, for instance, can provide more information about that. So there are generally lots of questions asked about leadership, climate, endorsement, all of those kinds of things on staff satisfaction and, and climate surveys. So you can tend to dive into it a little bit more as well as find any similarities, um, which helps to affirm your suspicions (laughs) based on what you're seeing out of one set of data. You can confirm that with the data that comes out of another. So, for instance, uh, generally I would find that if staff are looking for more opportunities to collaborate with their peers, um, have more planning time, uh, coaching and mentoring, that that generally is cross-referenced in my survey too. 
So it helps to confirm but also provide more information about what staff need. And some really cool things you can look at with climate and survey data is uh, how long people have been in the profession for working at the school as to who might be looking for extra support in what areas. Uh, As part of this process, you would also review staff absence, injury and compensation data um, and see if um, you know, you've got some higher rates of burnout or impacted mental health. Uh, is this coming across in the data where people might be taking time off or are unable to come into work? Um, helps to really bolster the idea that there are a selection of our staff who might need more support. Uh, and then as part of this process too, you could collate what practices are in place currently for staff health and wellbeing and which of them are successful or maybe not working as well as we'd like. Uh, Once you've engaged in this process, I highly encourage you to collect staff feedback about health and wellbeing beyond, of course, the anonymous staff wellbeing survey. So ways to do this might be that school leaders discuss staff wellbeing with teaching teams during professional learning time or weekly team meetings. Um, As I said before, staff complete that anonymous staff wellbeing survey Um, the the advantage of using those is that you get anonymous and private feedback um, from from staff without that added pressure of social interaction. Uh, And something that often gets left off because we think we don't have the time, but I find it really important for building rapport and relationships is for school leaders to have informal conversations with their staff during maybe teaching development planning time or annual professional discussions and really ask their honest opinion about how they're doing across their health and well-being, their views of the school's environment or culture, and it might be really helpful to consider questioning in a way where staff are encouraged to take ownership and reflect on their involvement as school staff as opposed to just, I guess, having making sweeping observations or having opinions about others um, in, in, as part of that process. Next, uh, once we've collected all of the and reviewed all of that data, either as a leadership team with our staff and even potentially as a whole staff, so having the opportunity to look over that data that we've collected and provide our feedback on some of the insights that we're seeing because uh, equally leaders are great at looking at data but so are teaching staff and non-teaching staff and they tend to see things that we as leaders don't see. Um, so I always like to open up the floor for our leaders to, sorry, for our staff to be able to review data sets as well um, and raw data. And so once you've done all of that, uh, it's really important for you to review that data again and draw conclusions. So um, using the school scanning tool, you can go back over and discuss all of those multiple sources of data that you've seen, um, compare data observations and feedback as a, t- as a leadership or wellbeing team and identify your key themes. So when I'm working with a school, that might be 10 different areas. So you might have communication was a big theme, but in terms of streamlining communications like in staff meetings, then you might have communication involving staff in big decisions. Then you might have relationship building, not within faculty, but as a whole school, for instance. Um, So identify those key themes where it's coming up in the data sets, it's coming up in our observations, 
and it's coming up in the feedback from our staff perhaps. Uh, And then from here you go, okay, what are going to be three areas that if we focus on these, they will make the biggest difference to staff well-being and school culture? Now, this focusing phase of the inquiry model is so important because if you just have 10 themes and, for instance, one of those was the opportunity to get together and build relationships outside of our faculty, we might go, oh, that's great, I can do that. We can plan plenty of those team-building activities. But if one of your themes (laughs) was the management of challenging student behaviour, and that is the most important area for you to focus on and you divert away from that and you focus on team building across the school, your staff are not going to respond very well <laughs> to that chosen priority area or actions in that area because that is not going to yield the most results for the improvement of their well-being their workplace satisfaction, culture, relationships, all of the things that actually mean something. So we need to decide on those three areas that will make the biggest difference. And this is where I also encourage that not only the leadership team decides on those areas because I have worked with countless schools where the leadership team picks three very different areas from their staff. So I usually like to take it to staff to vote on the three areas. Um, And even if you have 55% of staff voting for a focus on, uh, uh, focus on improving the challenging, uh, a focus on the challenging student behaviours, sorry, uh, but only 20% on relationship building, it's really important then for your staff to see that yeah, the majority of us did select that. So that makes sense as to why we're focusing on it. And it also gives us the opportunity to acknowledge that there are going to probably be 45% of our staff who don't agree that this is a key focus area, but it's where the, the challenges for the majority of our staff lies. So this is where we're going to be really strategic uh, and that builds perspective, acceptance, understanding, and helps people be involved in that consultation process. So in, invite consultation, feedback, suggestions at all levels. Um, but please, please, please find your priority areas. Um, that's imperative. Now, what to do with the information from your school scan. So now that you've taken the time to review your school's data and you've drawn those conclusions and you've found your priorities, it's time to set to work developing a wellbeing action plan. And a wellbeing action plan is exactly what I do as part of the Well-Led Schools Partnership Program. So I support schools to develop, tailor and embed their own unique wellbeing action plan that's aimed at addressing their, their key priority areas for focus in their school. And this is all, of course, in the very important attempts to reduce staff feelings of burnout and address those, uh, but also to, to build a positive school culture and environment. So your wellbeing action plan for your school will help to identify, plan and measure the actions needed to work towards school improvement based on the areas identified as your, in your school scan. 
Now, this process means that you don't get caught up with actions and initiatives that sound lovely and nice, but don't actually hit the nail on the head when it comes to staff or being at your school. Uh, and a wellbeing action plan really should be developed after you have engaged in the scan and also after you've had some time to do some learning around what actions and new initiatives uh, will make a big difference in that area. So, for instance, when it comes to the example I was using before around challenging student behaviour, you can't build a wellbeing action plan around supporting staff in that area if you don't know what the best actions are going to be. So that might require you to do some deep dive and learning into ways to systemize an approach to student management and behavior. So is that developing uh, an understanding of major and minor behaviors, a matrix, a matrix of how to attend to those behaviors, a flow chart for consistency? Um, so I encourage you to actually not develop a staff wellbeing action plan and finalise it too early, spend some time learning and working out which actions actually need to go into it, and then your wellbeing action plan can span over a three-year period uh, aimed at getting you to your vision uh, for, for school improvement, improved wellbeing and culture at the end, the end of the day. So that in itself, <laughs> a wellbeing action plan, is its own episode uh, and it takes me a whole year to develop that with a school, so I can't very quickly share it in a couple of minutes. But in a nutshell, a wellbeing action plan is not something that could be developed in a term. I really think that it takes at least a year to develop a good one that doesn't become a piece of paper that you never look at or a hyperlink that looks great on your annual action plan or strategic plan but never really gets reviewed by anyone. So... In a nutshell, I hope I've been able to cover off on what a school scan is and how to do it and how to do it well and the benefits. And it really is the first part of a larger six-step approach that I use when working with school leaders and schools hoping to introduce effective strategies and initiatives to support staff wellbeing. And as I said before, this first step is so crucial in ensuring that all of the others fall into place. Understanding the current state of your school and your staff's needs will ensure that your efforts to repair any gaps are meaningful and, as we want, successful. If you're interested in conducting a school scan of wellbeing at your school, our anonymous staff wellbeing survey is the first step there and it's designed to facilitate the process of collecting that feedback from your staff and serves as a way to open communication and create collaborative conditions between leaders and staff. With the data collected from this survey, you'll be able to identify those priority areas for focus. In fact, I'll support you with it if I if I write the report for you and make a better and more uh, make better and more effective decisions about staff for being moving forward. You can visit adrianhornby.com.au forward slash staff hyphen wellbeing hyphen surveys or for quick access I'll um, pop that in the show notes so just refer to it there uh, to be able to access that straight away. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to me today on this episode of Well-Ed Schools. You can access the show notes for this episode complete with information and links wherever that you're listening to this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you haven't already and share me with other educators. Love to get the wellbeing and culture message reaching 
further and wider than what it is now. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to Well-Led Schools. I look forward to connecting with you at adriannehornby.com.au. Here you can get in contact with me, learn more about my approach and join my mailing list. I'm Adrienne Hornby. Thanks again for your time and stay well.